Our passion didn't start with a mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness and all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on your tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of people and truly the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with the other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. I am Dr. Kelly Tanner, and today I have with me Angela Grover. And Angela is an amazing hygienist who's been doing a lot of amazing things, and she and I actually have some things in common. Angela, welcome. Thank you so much, Kelly. I'm happy to be here with you today on St. Patrick's Day, as we just discussed. I have yes. my green on. Yes, so, you do. Um, I'm I don't. Very excited. Very excited. <laughs> yeah, so excited to be with you as well. And when I mentioned that we have something in common, uh, Angela and I share the love for organizational leadership. So I know that this is going to be a great conversation about her journey how you guys know from listening about how it all kind of blends and stitches together in every aspect of our lives, whether we realize it's happening at that time or not. So Angela, the question I always start with is why dental hygiene? Yeah. So thank you. I'm excited to tell you about why dental hygiene, because dental hygiene was not on the forefront of my mind when I graduated high school. I, fun fact, I should say, is I was a journalism major, which like you said, things kind of start to align. Um, I've become a speaker and a writer in the industry. And so I really found my way back to writing because of higher education. Um, But I can tell you that when I was 18 and 19 years old, I didn't think that being a journalism major was cool anymore. I loved it. Um, in high school, doing the school newspaper and the yearbook and those types of things. But it was just different when I got to college. And so I had an amazing biology professor at McCook Community College in McCook, Nebraska. His name's Roger Wilson. And he was uh, pivotal in me making a shift towards healthcare. Now, I was not going to be a dental hygiene student necessarily at that point. I was looking at medical laboratory technology. Um, I decided that I, you know, would move forward that direction, but something changed in my life and I had an unplanned pregnancy. And so I was 19 years old and expecting a baby and I had to make some decisions about my future and my life. And I needed to make them quick because yeah, nine months seems like a long time, but it's not. Um, And so 
Anyway, I decided that I was going to move back home, which is close to Hastings, Nebraska. And I was going to try dental hygiene because I had heard such great things about the program at Central Community College in Hastings, Nebraska. And so I applied to the program, had my interview, which was daunting because I here I am pregnant in this interview. And I um, somehow, some way, the universe just knew I needed dental hygiene because the day after my son was born, I was, um, my parents actually brought it to the hospital and they're like, um, this is for you. And it came from Central Community College and it said that I was accepted into dental hygiene school. Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> what? Yes. And so, um, and, and again, I, I didn't know what I didn't know, which probably was for the best. I didn't know that people were on wait lists. I didn't know that sometimes people didn't get admitted and that they would, you know, come back the next year. I didn't know any of that stuff until I actually got to dental hygiene school and I heard, oh, I was on a wait list or, oh, I didn't get in. And so I tried again and all of those things. And so I'm just really grateful that that was the journey that I started on. I have to tell you that that first semester of dental hygiene school with a four-month-old child was a lot. And um, and I told Kelly, Kelly, I'm sorry. I'm like, sometimes it makes me emotional to think about that. That was in 1994. And um, I can remember thinking, oh my gosh, this mesial face facial, distal, lingual. I am never going to know this because many of my peers had been dental assisting uh, or dental assistants, excuse me. And I thought, I'm never going to get through this. Like, what was I thinking? And so I did have a backup plan. But I mean, obviously, 27 years later, we can see that I didn't need my backup plan because I'm still a registered dental hygienist. That is an amazing story. And you, wow, what a journey. Did you, so when you were deciding, like, I need to, I need to fast track my life and figure out what I'm going to do, like, why dental hygiene? They're like, did you fall in love with it from your dental hygienist or you just loved people or what aspect of that made you sure. attracted to dental hygiene? So I would attribute it to, I had a mentor at McCook Community College. She was the Dean of Students and her name was Joe Keeler. And she really encouraged me to look at the dental hygiene program because she knew Wanda Cluett. And she just, I think she just knew that it was going to be the right fit for me. And so I looked into the program and I, I went to the school and did a tour and all of those things. And it felt right. And I have to tell you, I knew that healthcare was going to be important to me because I knew that I had caregiving instincts. I had babysat other people's children for many, many, many years as a youth. And so I had caregiving instincts. So if it wasn't dental hygiene, it was going to be nursing. The same college, um, another town away had a nursing program. And I knew like, okay, if this dental hygiene thing doesn't work, because again, I was going to try dental hygiene, um, that I would go to the nursing, try to go to the nursing program. So I knew I had to be caregiving in nature. That's, that's, it, that's wild. That's a wild story. And so then from that point, you 
became a clinician and how long were you in private practice? And then what was your journey after that? So I got an associate's degree and I knew because of what we had learned in the program that I could simply be an associate's degree dental hygienist for the rest of my life and work clinical dentistry. And that was in the plan. Like I was going to have my associate's degree and do that. And so I, I've been a private practice clinician most of my career. So I've been a hygienist for 27 years and only three of those years, um, I, I was doing something else and I was working in education at a community college during that time. So, um, but I can tell you that in 2016, I started to become curious. I like that word because Amanda Hill loves that word and she's a dear friend, Uh, but I became curious about moving forward and doing something more. Uh, My children were older, so it was more doable at that point. At at one time I had flirted with going to dental school, but it was just going to be too much as a single parent. Um, So I stayed in dental hygiene. So I started flirting with, okay, I'm going to go back to school. What kind of degree do I want to get to get this bachelor's? Because I knew I was getting older and the body wasn't taking the beating as well as it had when I was younger. And um, so I'd kind of looked at a couple programs here in the Denver area. And eventually I had met this gal named Michelle Wood. Um, She actually works with Aspen Dental now, but we became friends and she was telling me about a completion degree program at Community College of Denver. So I hopped alongside and uh, joined Michelle and we started that completion program. So I got a bachelor's of applied science and dental hygiene in 2018. And then that's what took me on to education for three years. So I was a full-time faculty member and then also a program chair for a little over a year. Decided that wasn't the route that I wanted to stay on, moved back to Denver. And I did clinical practice for a little bit, but then I had so many people saying like, you should do more writing, you should do more speaking, because I had started dabbling in that during my uh, degree completion program, and then when I also was teaching in education. So um, I decided to step out and speak and write and do the things. So for about the last nine months, I have been doing that. Um, Yeah. And doing some temping and things like that. So it's just really been kind of a discovery phase these last nine months. And that's kind of, it's exciting, but it also feels uncomfortable. Would you agree with that? Yep. Most of the time uncomfortable. And, you know, they say that um, anything worth doing is not, is going to be harder. It's not always going to be easy, but I do think these last nine months have, again, I used the word discovery earlier. I think they've been a time of discovery for me. And so by taking that leap of faith and saying like, I'm going to do this, it's taken me places. Like I attended RDH Evolution in um, Orlando last July. I attended the Do Retreat in Charlotte in, uh, I think it was November. And I've met so many amazing people along the way and really honestly learned so much about myself that maybe I didn't even know. Um, especially at the do retreat, yeah. like Ann Duffy, I love that she brings in the Clifton strengths to the do retreat because a 
a situation where I thought I had a strength that actually wasn't one of my top strengths. And so I really had to like lean in and go, okay, why is that? Um, but then seeing some of my strengths, I was like, whoa, that's exciting. And so it's really kind of lit a different fire for me. So it sounds like there was some transition and well, there's always transition, but there were some some decisions that you made to one, go back to school to get your, do your bachelor's completion. And then two, you know, going on past, I say past, and it's amazing that, you know, we're clinical hygienists and the impact that we make in the operatory. But then you went back and you said, okay, now I'm going to do this as a different part of my different sort of vertical in my career. How was your bachelor's experience? And would you recommend that to people going from associate to bachelor's and why? 100% because I learned, again, I learned so much about myself. Like I saw that, hey, I am a writer and I love writing. And so I wasn't far off being a journalism major. It just wasn't the right thing for me then. And had I not gone back and done that, I would be doing the same old, same old. And for some people, that's okay. But for me, that wasn't okay. I My kids were coming to the end of their time um, in their education journey, you know, as far as high schoolers and so forth. And it's like, what next for me? And so because I went back and did that, I had so much growth and so much change that propelled my my career forward. and. Of course, like there are certain parts of the dental hygiene career, for example, education, where you do have to have more than an associate's degree now because CODA really has updated their requirements. Like when I became the program chair at the community college that I was at, I was able to become the program chair with a master's in process. That's not the case anymore. Somebody now has to have the actual master's degree. And so if somebody wants to look beyond the clinical operatory, doing the bachelor's completion degree or having a bachelor's degree of some sort is going to be crucial in order to have that growth and in order to propel forward. So absolutely, 100%, I would encourage that to anybody who's considering it. And I completely agree with you. The biggest thing that I learned from continuing my education institutionally, you know, we're always CE junkies, right? Um, But it allowed me to learn who I was and who I wasn't. And I learned so much about myself and what I'm capable of because truly we've never lived this life and we, we do not know our own potential until we test our own potential. And it's in that process that you learn what you're capable of, right? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And now that I'm like not in school, and I know people are going to be mind blown. I kind of miss it because it's that thing. (laughs) It's that that thing that challenges you. And Mm -hmm. I like a good challenge. So, yeah, I mean... This might be kind of crazy for some people who know me, but the word doctorate actually slipped off my tongue this weekend when I was having a conversation with my daughter. Now, whether that ever happens or not, who knows? Um, You know, right now I have some other exciting things that are happening and I really need to be in the moment for those things. And um, I don't want to dive into anything that's going to take a lot of excessive time at this moment in time. I just really need to live in this moment. 
I I totally get that. And it's it's important to be present, to soak in all that you were supposed to be available yes. for, right? And so then also for your masters, it's an organizational leadership. Why organizational leadership? And what do you think it has to do with dentistry? Oh my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> I know, <laughs> do right? Do we have enough time for that? <laughs> we can start, we can start the conversation. So why organizational yeah. leadership? Part so, one. <laughs> um, good question. I was in a situation where the school that I was teaching at had a partnership with a university in Iowa called Buena Vista um, University, and they were offering a discount to faculty. And so one of my peers said, hey, like, you should really look at this. And so I did. And and it's crazy because I had already looked at it with a different university, but just hadn't taken the plunge. I've always been a leader. I'm a firstborn child. I'm from a small town in Nebraska of 800 people where you are expected to do all the things. I was involved in a multitude of activities and I was just always a leader. And so I was like, this sounds like fun. And why not do something that sounds fun and exciting rather than wah, 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 you know, like just checking the box. And so um, I dove into that um, during the pandemic, August of 2020, and um, it was all online. It was great. Um, I met some great people along the way, had a couple really solid professors that helped me, helped me again, see more of myself and learn, like you said, uh, all about that potential that maybe we just don't even know about. And um, I have to say, in the beginning of it, hated the APA style writing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. But then by the end, I was like, oh, wow. Two years ago, like, I didn't know this very well. And so I actually really became more interested in research style writing for the industry. So one of my first articles with Jackie Sanders with RDH Magazine was on eating disorders. And that's a topic that I actually speak on as well. But, and, and then when I was done that, I was like, so Jackie, like, do you have anything else that you want me to research? Because I kind of became this research nerd. Um, so frankly, I, while a lot of people don't enjoy school, I enjoyed that process of my master's degree in organizational leadership. But to answer your question, what it has to do with dentistry is so much like Let's just kind of shift back to the 90s when I became a dental hygienist. Really, the um, the framework of a dental office is very high, was very hierarchical, if you will. Um, you know, the dentist was in charge, or maybe the office manager was in charge, and it was kind of like you honored them because they were your superior. But really. Over the years, um, so much growth and change has happened in leadership that um, it's important to study that and understand that maybe hierarchical isn't what's best for all employees or all organizations. Because frankly, I think when hierarchical is in place, then the team is weaker. And I'm huge on um, team-oriented leadership style alongside transformational leadership. And um, I think that when you work from a place like that, you're going to have better outcomes. 
And I just think every dental office, any dental organization could really benefit from kind of maybe not a deep dive, but kind of a shallow dive into understanding different types of leadership styles, because there are a whole, I didn't know. I mean, I learned so much in my master's about the different leadership styles. And I learned so much about myself that I was like, no wonders all of these things that I've done, like having been on a basketball team or a volleyball team, like that those have followed me along the way into dentistry. Um, And it's because I have an affinity for that type of leadership style. Like everybody pull up your boots and let's get in this together. Yeah. It's distributed leadership, right? It's distributed. I mean, everyone's a leader where they are. It's not just one. It's not just two. It's, it's all, and it's the we before the me. And it's, you know, but, and, and I always talk about too, like what you were mentioning, we were talking about before, you have to know yourself and what you're capable of and where you want to push yourself to know how you can serve that distributed leadership model and that teamwork aspect. And you're, when, as you were talking about the different team sports, exactly. I did, I did that with cheering and it was, it was all, you had to work together for the end result. Yep. And that's what we're doing every day. So when I remember, I, I don't know if you got this much, I'm, I'm guessing that you probably did. People would say to you probably, Andrew, what are you going to do with your degree after you're done? What are you going to do with organizational leadership? So what did you say? Well, at the time, I really thought I was going to continue to be a program chair, but learned that that just didn't suit me the way that I needed to suit my individual value systems. And so I knew that no matter what, if I stayed as a clinical hygienist in private practice, or if I branched out into something else, that organizational leadership was going to serve me in some way, shape, or form. Even if as a solo entrepreneur, it still served me. And I think some of that, and and we know we talked about how hard it can be to be an entrepreneur and step out and do those things. Um, But at the end of the day, having had my master's degree helped me understand myself more and understand like the steps that I needed to take in order to find success. And again, at the end of the day, though, I mean, many of those days were hard but I had a nice framework to fall back on. And also I really feel like I learned so much about ethics in my organizational leadership uh, courses that I really was living my life based off of my ethical compass. And at the end of the day, if that was the only thing that I used for my organizational leadership masters, then that was a success for me because that's actually why I left education because of an ethical situation. And so it really just kept reaffirming that I was making decisions that were right for me and the trajectory of my life. And then, so I'm going to shift for a moment, taking, taking that piece and then looking back on some things that you learned in your master's degree program, what would you, what would you say are the top three things if you had to say, you know, top three things that a dental office could learn or the recommendations that you would give based on what you know about organizational leadership, like what should dental offices know or dental teams know? Sure. Well, it's interesting that I'm going to bring this up as a top one because my daughter, who's 25, keeps talking about 
there two things can exist at once. And so one of the things that we learned in our master's program was called both and thinking. It can be both things and still be okay. And so like when we're working with patients, it can be this patient has a lot of dental disease and a lot of uh, tooth decay and and what have you. Um, and they need the treatment, but it can also be that they're struggling to put food on the table for their family because of the recession or whatever it is, maybe a job loss during the pandemic. So it really is interesting that my daughter is learning this at a much younger age. And I learned it, you know, I'm not quite 50, but I'm close, I'm close to my fifties. Like it took me, you know, many years to learn it. And so I think that people should really maybe dive into that and learn a little bit more about that because it really kind of helps you become Mm -hmm. more open-minded. So I think that's one thing. I think that dental offices really need to establish like, what is their mission? What is their why? Because not every dental office has the same mission. In fact, at the do conference, I met a, um, a lady, her husband is a dentist, but she's a consultant and they decided to develop a dental spa and they chose to develop the dental spa because they knew a lot of people had anxious feelings about coming to the dentist and so forth. And so like their why is to help anxious Mm -hmm. patients, but somebody else's why might be to have affordable care. So know your mission would be um, an important recommendation. And then let me think my last one. Uh, You know what? Team building. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to figure out how to have a strong team. When you have a strong team put together, uh, you're going to have better outcomes for yourself as the practice owner or the practice manager, and you're going to have better outcomes for your patients. And I worked in a team before I went to education where we really knew what our mission was. And our doctor always said, I want to treat people the way Mm. I would like to be treated. And he was my favorite doctor. I'm going to shout him out. Dr. Bruce MacArthur, he's amazing man. And he retired. And um, I can tell you that every single one of us who worked for him, we respected him. We respected that mission. We worked as a team. And it was just one of my favorite work experiences. So team building, I think, is crucial to the culture of a dental practice. Where would you recommend that people learn more about team building and culture and all of those things? Like, what is your experience or what would you say? Gosh, that's a great question. Well, for the ladies who are listening, I would recommend becoming a do and going to the do retreat. I think that Ann Duffy has so much to share and and the women that she brings on board to talk during the retreats, they have so much to share as well. And I think you can learn a lot from a situation like that. Of course, I would recommend that dental practices look at maybe attending different types of continuing education events. Maybe it's not so heavy on science, but more on, you know, developing culture and developing team and so forth. And there are a lot of educational opportunities out there within the industry. Um, So I would definitely recommend seeking a place like that to really kind of wind down together and get to know one another and, uh, you know, maybe bond where you don't get to at your traditional, very uh, 
science heavy type continuing eds and look at more professional development type situations. Those bonding, uh, those bonding opportunities at team building with team building are just, they're priceless. They're invaluable. You, you, it's, it's such an, a great investment because there, there are connections that are made during, in those moments that you cannot put a price tag on and can't measure the outcome of how it's going to end up because they're connecting on a different level than like you said, at, at some other meetings, but even in office consulting yeah. and building building links of information and having them understand communication style or what to say, what not to say, or just giving them an understanding of um, different technology that may elevate them and their challenge and their skill set that they may love and not know it. Absolutely. And in that um, you know, sparked a thought in my brain, like so many times we can go work in an, in a setting. It doesn't even have to be in the dental setting. And we hear, well, um, we've always done it this way. Oh, we can't do it that way because of this or that. And it's like change is essential for being able to grow and to propel forward and all of those things. And so, like you said, working on all those little individual caveats is going to be crucial in having that um, strong bond with a team. And when there's a strong bond, it's going to um, definitely reflect outward to the patient population. And people want to go to a place where they feel good vibes. Um, And you can feel it. I mean, I've gone to other healthcare places before and been like, yeah, I don't think I'm going back because I don't like the vibe there. They can sense it. Change is, yeah, change is essential. It really is. Um, Yeah. And patients feel it and, and team feels it. Team feel when things aren't right. They know when doctor isn't right or a team member isn't right. It's that sensing that intuition that we have. So Angela, I, I am so grateful for you and the time that you have given us today and your insight and your life and your journey. How can people get in touch with you? Sure. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you again for having me. I'm grateful for you. And I love that I got to tell my story today, especially like from where the where it began. So thank you. So people can get a hold of me um, on social media, Facebook or Instagram. I have um, two different accounts. I have my personal account, Angela Grover. And if you're finding me on Facebook, it'll be a picture of me uh, with a zebra shirt and a beach in the background. And then um, on Instagram, I don't even know what my picture is <laughs> on Instagram right now. And then, of course, um, you can find me also at 360 Dental Navigations at both of those platforms. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Awesome. And we'll have her links and all of her social connections in our show notes. So Angela, thank you again. And to our listeners, thank you so much for all that you do every day and how you lean into your personal responsibility and connect with your team and how it ripple effects out into our communities that we serve. And would you mind doing me a favor? I always ask, would you mind going on to Apple and giving us five stars on Apple podcast? Because Apple is what matters when it comes to ratings. And then also jump over to YouTube and like, and subscribe to the dental handoff and share it with a friend if you really like it. So that's all for today. You guys be well, keep making a difference. Thank you, Angela. Thank you, Kelly. Have a great day. You too.